Yesterday's movie news cycle, my AKA Patters, was all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not for its greatness, but for its failure. We're going to get into it. Let's go. Do you guys like the new intro? Uh, I, I like the movie set. That was a, It's been a long-running idea of mine. I just feel like it merges so well with this podcast, with this theme. A.K.A. Patters. A.K.A. Pat69 here. Peter A. DeLuca. You're eclectic one. You're obsessive, lifelong film freak. Peter A. DeLuca here. A.K.A. Pat. Guys, thank you for joining me. Thank you for hanging out. This is episode... 616, if you're not familiar with the tongue-in-cheekiness, now, huh, we got a couple highlights to do, a couple things to go over before we get into our subject, but 616 is Marvel's, Marvel's universe, the, the comic book universe. Eventually, they ended up just calling the Marvel universe, so if you went to the comic shop, you picked up a comic book. It was Marvel 616, and 616s is really like Earth Prime, Earth One, proper Earth. This idea has somewhat bled into into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is episode 616 of the AKA Pad Film Buff podcast. I just felt like it was appropriate to, you know, I don't know, just do a little bit of a brain dump, do a little bit of... How I feel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe because so much of this podcast has been, uh, and 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 I really want to say from Black Panther on, this podcast has done its very best to document and to kind of do the ebbs and flows of what really is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What does it mean for film going? What does it mean for cinema goers? What does it mean for fans and the creators? To kind of just put a little bit of a stamp on it while projecting and extrapolating and imagining the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because when it comes to movies, people, 2008, Iron Man, that movie changed everything. I remember the follow-up movie, The Incredible Hulk, movie that I absolutely love. And you got rumors that Tony Stark was going to show up in the end credits for that. So now we have Samuel Jackson. No real implications though. But Samuel Jackson popped into Iron Man 2008 post-credits. So now you're like, wow, we do have a Nick Fury. But the, the idea of taking a major star at that point, because he had become a major star again. But Robert Downey showing up in the Hulk movie, talking to General Ross at that bar, really crystallized what was about to come. The expectations, the excitement, the sheer ferocity of everything kind of talking and communicating and being shared. And the idea of a shared universe was not quite coagulated in the culture, in the mainstream, in the film goership. It's somewhat of an overused term today. And then we fast forward through movies like Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. I absolutely love both of those movies. Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Thor Dark World. Avengers Infinity War. And by the time we get to Infinity War, it's madness. Infinity War is an absolute perfect movie. The storylines, the stakes, what's at risk, the payoffs, the threat, the drama. People, it is there and is there in such a magnificent epic level. The shock of realizing that Thanos was going to actually collect all of the Infinity Stones. I still remember that in the theater. The theater itself was madness. There was an energy and there was a buzz. Now people, Captain Marvel took away some of that excitement when it went into Avengers Endgame. And we really never got it. With Star Wars. We never really did. Post Force Awakens. We never really got that excitement again. But I'm not taking away. There were definitely people excited for Avengers Endgame. There's still people excited for it. I don't understand that. But Avengers Infinity War. Is absolute perfection. It's the height of anything. That would be labeled a shared universe. At this point, everyone out there is chasing that bag. They're trying to develop an idea far enough to go 10 years deep and to deliver something like Avengers Infinity War. The shock of Thanos snapping his fingers, killing one half of the universe. The modifications, the corrections, uh, the workarounds that they did from the comic book. All fine. But it's it was exciting. And the anticipation from Infinity War to Captain Marvel was there. The fall of Captain Marvel, though. I've seen this movie a lot of times. And it doesn't mean, again, this is why I talk about Thor Dark World. It doesn't mean there hasn't been... Uh, stumbles like Iron Man 2 which, or 3 I think 3 is more of a stumble than 2 but I really do enjoy how they deconstructed Thor, Captain America and Iron Man by the end of each of those third movies uh, each one of those movies is top 10 trilogy by the way guys I think they're good movies the reason why I talk about them the way I do is because I'm speaking a little bit from the audience perspective. Uh, they have a really bad reputation and they're not on any type of uh, you have to watch list. But Captain Marvel just disappointed a ton of people. It took away some of this impact of Endgame. And then going into Endgame and through Endgame, getting into this time travel crap and then the movie really became they call them member berries like remember berries but became this nostalgia low hanging fruit do you remember this type uh, action movie we, we haven't really quite seen anything like that up to that point 
and then you know post endgame you know we get we get uh disney plus launching and we get this huge rollout and now a lot of people blame the degradation of the marvel product because like now variety dropped this article it's it's somewhat universal but marvel lost the momentum people want to say they've tried too much they they tried to do too much Disney Plus forced their hand. So like these TV shows where they might have been movies. Too long, not interesting enough. Not The, the characters aren't quite there. The money spent is there. Because shows like She-Hulk and, and Moon Knight and, and Miss Marvel look amazing. I'm not joking. Uh, I think She-Hulk had a $25 million per episode budget, um, which is more than even what Game of Thrones had. I don't know if inflation's factored into that. But this Variety article exposed a lot of what I would say my stream, my current, my side of the internet, my side of the sphere has been monitoring, commentating on, and, and, and almost like dictating when it comes to conversation um, pieces. But yeah, definitely dictating the fall and the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we've you know danced around it on this podcast before. But along the way, we get this like Loki uh, season one episode six masterpiece, and we get the whole idea of what Kang is. And Kang is supposed to—he's not really a Thanos. People say, "Oh, he's going to be the new Thanos." The way that they wanted to position Kang and the things that they wanted to do with Kang and Jonathan Majors is far beyond where Thanos was. Thanos effectively was in two movies. He's he's a he's like you know a seventh leading role in Guardians of the Galaxy, but then he's he's there for Avengers: Infinity War, and and that's mostly it. He's in the beginning of Endgame, and he's not in the movie. We don't really see him again. But what happens with Loki, they sketch out this idea of this multiverse war. Time travel, multiple dimensions, and Kang has defeated all of his alternate versions versions to create what would be called the sacred timeline. And you're, you're kind of on board still at that point because it's there and it's linear. And where it gets complicated would be Loki season two, Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness. Spider-Man, No Way Home. I think it's No Way Home. I right, It's Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. The one with, with the Multiverse Spider-Man movie. But we get like a lot of this stuff. I mean, we even get events in Eternals. And now it's just confusing. It's maddening. And strictly uh, not cool. We say this a lot. Not cool. Not very interesting. So, with all of that said, interest wanes with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would say hype and excitement within the walls of their facilities. Let's just say the office of the MCU office. And you can kind of see when it comes to product to product. Everything starts to slip. Everything starts to slide all over the place. And now we have this cottage industry that comes up on criticizing 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am a part of that. We get Quantumania, the third, the completion of the trilogy for Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. They deviate from their trilogy formula, which is a deconstruction of the character uh, by the end of the third movie. They don't do that, and we have another Kang. And then we have another Kang in Loki Season 2. And now we have 20 Kangs, and they're coming and they're going. Not interesting. It's not quite there. And then this entire time, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Studios, absorbs all of Fox Studios' rights. Fox has held the copyright for a lot of Marvel's properties, namely X-Men and Fantastic Four. Previously, they, they even had Daredevil. They let that lapse because they couldn't get a film into production, and Marvel picked it up and used it for uh, Netflix. So we get all of this stuff, and then we just get reports of project after project. Wonder Man, Blade just getting canceled or delayed or pushed back thunderbolts question mark and we get all of these things and we don't get an x-men movie we don't get any fantastic four movie despite being introduced to the fantastic uh, to the mr fantastic the leader of the fantastic four that everybody wanted to see in multiverse of madness we even bring back patrick stewart for that movie and it just seemed like the momentum was really there between no Way Home and Multiverse of Madness. We had the sketch of the idea with Loki episode 6 season 1 but no real execution no real push, no real movement to uh, give us something and I know that's such a loose, right? That is a loose idea. What is? What do you mean by give us something? We need something linear to follow but we also want excitement. We don't want a Black Widow movie. We don't want Eternals. We want X-Men, Fantastic Four. And we want a Avengers lineup that is exciting. The time between Avengers Endgame and the next Avengers movie is almost going to be 10 years. It's almost going to be 10 years since the Marvel, Marvel Studios has reacquired the rights of Fantastic Four and X-Men. Fantastic Four is a much tougher bag to handle uh it's just not cinematic it's really not but people always say they want it so you kind of have to try and figure something out and make it good enough to carry on to you know because you want three movies from both of those franchises and now we're in an age where just people really don't care because there's no new characters that people relate to that they connect to uh, that they feel like is significant. Uh, Marvel famously now killed off or put away or even character assassinated Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. These you these characters are not to come back. They're not to be resurrected. So Pete, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, what about that? Yeah, uh, the character assassination. Thor can't come back. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Hemsworth should try and return as, as Thor. The character really is dead on arrival. I think he's he's been somewhat dancing around that in some comments and in some interviews. So the 616 people, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, one of the biggest collapses in Hollywood history. Wh who's, 
who gets hurt by this? The creatives or the the uh, directors. Marvel got pretty good with cherry picking directors. They deviated from the old vets, but they were kind of maintaining momentum. Like the Russo brothers, cherry picking them is it's one of the biggest studio grabs of all time. So they go into this younger director route. Up-and-comers, uh, award winners, all that stuff. Which is good. Because, again, they're using their platform for creativity. Give people jobs. But we're talking about the writers' rooms. We're talking about the writers. We're talking about the special effects houses. Uh, which is famously complained about the schedule that Marvel kept them on. Some of these people are like, yeah, we, we don't accept Marvel projects because of just the uh, deadlines. But now I'm sure those people, those houses are starving for work. Right? So, it, you know, again, it's it's the, uh, the good with the bad. It's not the actors, it's not the stars, and it's not the, the you know, seven-figure, six-figure year executives. It's really not. It's the people in the middle, the guts of the productions. Uh, I have a complete set of Marvel phases one through three art of Marvel books. It's about 20-something books. And you go through these art books. It's all the production stuff. And storyboard artists, concept guys. See, these are the people that get hurt when product or a brand or an idea fades into meteorocracy meteorocracy for the 31 days of dread uh i had the revelation that the the universal monster movies was the first cinematic universe but it bled into abbott and costello meet frankenstein and abbott and costello meet the wolfman and so on and so forth heralded as good fun movies uh universe mashing movies not universal mashing movies, universe mashing movies. But with House of Frankenstein, Frankenstein Meet Wolfman, House of Dracula, you know, we got this, again, this coagulation of a universe solidifying and expanding and, and broadening itself. But it goes into uh, self awareness, it goes into laughability, it goes into jokes. And that's almost where we are with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the content itself has gone into jokes. They lost their way. Uh, everything shouldn't be food humor. Everything shouldn't be LOL this and LOL that. Uh, they're too self-aware. They're too, uh, too much commentary in the moment. And some of these moments are, uh, you know, they're not self-reflective moments. These are moments of life-threatening danger. Uh, it pulls the audience out of it when there is no opportunity for the audience to feel it. And with any collapse, it's not just one data point. You, know, you have to become a little bit like an economist. There's multiple data points, multiple levels of importance, multiple rims to the sphere, to the circle. Everything's kind of like an onion. Shrek said it, or Donkey said it best. But it's depressing. It's one of the, uh, the collapse happened uh, a little bit faster than what I was anticipating. But it really kind of is the idea of what's happening with this uh, in the next couple of weeks, next week or so. We're getting the Marvels, Captain Marvel 2.
400 million dollars six years in development it's madness it really is people maybe it might be seven years in development i i can't forget but it's lunacy and it has been dead for a little bit but this marvels movie is the box office and just the confusion that we're getting from loki season two and there's just no excitement with the final episode there was excitement through Loki season one. There was excitement through WandaVision. Uh, you know, those shows not having a bigger bet into the bigger idea, the bigger tapestry. WandaVision, everybody wanted Mephisto. We got Monica Rainbow. Uh, just pathetic stuff. Nobody really wanted White Vision. Uh, they wanted Vision to be possessed by a demon. Uh, these are pivots you can make. Uh, for sure, uh, some of them are pivots just from a editorial stance of subverting expectations. But with any economic level study, when it comes to data points and pointing to points of failure, it's multiple, it's vast, it stretches years now. Some of the stuff stretches three years back already. So it's never perfect. Uh, getting a co full, complete analysis uh, will take a book. It's not going to take even one episode. won't take one YouTube essay. But it's a collapse that happens if you really want to compare it to something as quickly as Pixar and as quickly as the Universal Monsters, where it goes into self-parody. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not self-parody. The Marvel, the character, the DNA, everything about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is life, death, good versus evil. It's the story and the saga of soldiers because these soldiers fight. And that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's what we, what we got with Iron Man. Going all the way into Infinity War. It's soldiers. They still had that idea. They still had that juice. Now there's. You don't trust any of these soldiers. You don't want them to fight. You don't want them to win. You don't even care if they lose or not. The time investment. The emotional investment. Isn't quite there. And that's the problem with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's sad. Because I should be doing. Uh, I should be so compelled to do weekly Loki drops. I should be trying to struggle to do the 31 Days of Dread and do one Thursday night Loki episode immediately after. Uh, we should have got six extra episodes during October. But I'm not compelled. Uh, I, it's okay if I do a season recap. Uh, technically, we still have some Marvel content to discuss my goal at one point was to track it all and to have uh, at least one episode on everything that the Marvel Cinematic Universe touched. And now it's so much less than that. It really is. And the reasons for that is, again, uh, my emotional investment has depleted. Uh, I'm not incentivized to put my neck out anymore uh, for, the, for these properties. I think tracking the collapse now and tracking what happens after... And documenting it is far more important than, again, uh, giving a thumbs up and, and just, you know, baking in the sun rays of its success. So, people, uh, it's sad. Never wanted to do this. Never wanted to, to bring it to you. 
But the Marvel Cinematic Universe is dead. That's okay. The DC stuff <laughs> doesn't have any momentum. Star Wars is dead. So, yeah, this is probably the end of the chase of the interconnected universe. Not saying others are not going to try. They most certainly are. But the level of the MCU at one point, we'll call it phases one, two, and three, uh, it won't be replicated. It won't be repeated. And we probably will never see it again as well as as it was executed during that run. And with that, people, let's just move on to other things. I kind of want to get into the Universal Monsters. AKA Pad here, the film buff. People, thanks for hanging out. We will be... <laughs> we do have the uh, the 600th episode coming. We have the 31 Days of Dread recap episode coming. We have the introduction to... Thanks, flicking coming. Uh, we, we we got a lot. We have momentum. We're rocking and rolling. Catch me on all social media. Guys, I love you so much. Rock and roll. Okay, that's a wrap.